Donald Trump and Senator Ted Cruz have arrived in New York for the next battle for the Republican nomination. As they've campaigned across the country, both have taken aim at Islamic extremism. I think Islam hates us. There's something, there's something there that there's a tremendous hatred there. There's a tremendous hatred. We have to get to the bottom of it. There is an unbelievable hatred of us. It turns out the language and ideas voiced by Trump and Cruz come straight out of New York. And as WNYC's Arun Venekapal explains, the primary fight now brings that anti-Muslim sentiment right back to the place in the United States where it began. To understand how Islam and Muslims have become vilified in the Republican presidential primary, it helps to go back six years to the protests over Park 51 or the Ground Zero Mosque. We are here because we will not allow this sacred ground to be contaminated with totalitarian logic. Hundreds of protesters fought the project, even as city officials largely supported it. But the controversy helped drive opposition to mosques across the country, in Temecula, California, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and other places. A Tennessee judge has halted construction of a controversial mosque in Murfreesboro. Opponents say Islam should not be protected under the First Amendment, and the mosque has ties to terrorists. This was the period when grassroots activists, Washington, D.C. insiders, and various media outlets began suggesting that even law-abiding Muslims can't be trusted that they don't truly embrace democratic values, and they're quietly planning to take over America and Western civilization as a whole. One of the principal players in this movement is Frank Gaffney, a former official in the Reagan administration who runs the Center for Security Policy. He's now a foreign policy advisor for Ted Cruz. Here he is on Fox News being interviewed by Alan Colmes. Do you think Obama's a Muslim? I have no idea. I think he was you, you at one no point. Idea? He, well, at one point he certainly was. He grew up in the Muslim no, he's, tradition. His father Whether was an atheist. he is today is his business. What matters is, as Senator Ted Cruz said, his policies. And there's no question that they are sympathetic to and advancing the agenda of these Islamists. Gaffney helped transform the fear of terrorists into a fear of all Muslims. He did this by arguing that mainstream Muslim American organizations are actually fronts for foreign jihadi networks. Nathan Lean is author of The Islamophobia Industry. He said that at the center of Gaffney's claims is a theory of stealth jihad, meaning that Muslims immigrate to the United States and gain access to power in the federal government. And will ultimately engage in the grand destruction of the United States and the usurpation of the Constitution. It goes without saying, or at least it should, that this theory is completely unfounded. A report from the conservative Manhattan Institute notes that Muslim immigrants in America are extremely well assimilated. But Gaffney and others within the Islamophobia network, as critics refer to it, have seen their influence grow and penetrate into the mainstream. While he was still running for president, Ben Carson repeated a central claim of the network, that Islam encourages believers to lie in order to achieve their goals. Here's Carson on Meet the Press. Do you believe that uh, Islam is consistent with the Constitution? Uh, no, I don't. I do not. I, I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I absolutely would not agree with that. These ideas have been lucrative. One study by the Council on American Islamic Relations said the Islamophobia network raised around $200 million between 2008 and 2013. But at times the attention has backfired. 
After the deadly attacks on the offices of Charlie Hebdo in Paris, Gaffney's ally, Stephen Emerson, went on Fox News and spread the incorrect notion that Europe is filled with no-go zones. So you basically have zones where Sharia courts are set up, where Muslim uh, density is very intense, where the police don't go in, um, and, and where it's basically a separate country almost, a country within a country. You know what and it sounds you- like to me, Steve? It sounds like a caliphate within a particular country. It's a scary image that has worked well, according to Mark Potok of the Southern Poverty Law Center and a leading expert on extremism and hate. Europe is held up in a kind of uh, scare way by American anti-Muslim propagandists as the picture of what we will become. And they paint a very dire picture indeed. I saw this myself during a reporting trip to Paris. So here, uh, welcome to a no-go zone. This is Hinda Zukash. She's 19 and lives in the town of Tremblay en France, outside Paris. And she's a little sarcastic. We met several months after the Charlie Hebdo attacks, and like almost every other Muslim I met in France, she was furious about the Fox News report and the way it helped shape a misleading narrative about where she lives. We can be discriminated against thanks to such news. I asked her how. For example, if I want to invite some people to have a cup of tea uh, at home uh, and I give them the address, they will be nice and they will tell me, oh, no, I can't, my parents will never let me go to this area. It's actually a lovely neighborhood. Houses with gardens, native French families living side by side with immigrants. But there's almost no way you'd know that unless you visited. Potok of the Southern Poverty Law Center says there's a very deliberate effort by members of the Islamophobia Network to make areas like this seem lawless, run by roaming Muslim gangs. American Islam bashers talk about the alleged no-go zones in Europe as our future. And in fact, a number of them have even made the claim that uh, there are no-go zones uh, in Dearborn, Michigan, which is, of course, the largest uh, concentration of Muslims in the United States. Again, it's utterly false. And yet Potok and others acknowledge that all this rhetoric and misinformation is happening against a very real backdrop of regular terrorist attacks in Brussels, San Bernardino, Istanbul, and, of course, New York. It's been 15 years since the September 11th attacks, and now the anti-Muslim sentiment that took off with the Ground Zero mosque has returned with the two leading Republican presidential candidates. With the critical primary approaching, they're here asking for New York votes. Potok says the rhetoric Cruz and Trump used to talk about terrorism and Muslims comes at a precarious time when so many people are afraid of another attack. And this kind of talk frightens them more. And frightened people uh, often do very dangerous and bad things. The primary is April 19th. This is Micropolis. For WNYC, I'm Arun Venigopal.